This is Make It Okay Stories, the podcast brought to you by the Iowa Healthy Estate Initiative. Make It Okay is a community campaign to reduce stigma by starting conversations and increasing understanding about mental illness. In this podcast, you'll hear from Iowans who want to share their personal stories of living with mental illness in an effort to reduce stigma for others. This episode features Anne, a licensed mental health counselor in Des Moines who has Attention Hyperactive Deficit Disorder, or ADHD. Before we hear from Anne, we'd like to take a moment to thank Business Solver for supporting this podcast. Since 1998, Business Solver has delivered market-changing benefits technology and services supported by an intrinsic responsiveness to client needs. The company creates client programs that maximize benefits program investment, minimize risk exposure, and engage employees with easy-to-use solutions and communication tools to assist them in making wise and cost-efficient benefit selections. Founded by HR professionals, Business Solver's unwavering service-oriented culture and secure SaaS platform provide measurable success in its mission to provide complete client delight. Learn more and download a suite of free resources to assist you in promoting mental health in the workplace at businesssolver.com. Thank you, Business Solver. Now it's time to hear from Anne. Content warning, this story includes references to suicidal ideation. My name is Anne Flood and I'm a licensed mental health therapist. I typically use a form of therapy called acceptance and commitment therapy along with mindfulness and meditation to allow clients to be present in their lives in the here and now and then commit to moving towards a more valued life. In my personal life, I'm the mother of four daughters and two grandsons in a loving, committed relationship with a wonderful man named Al and continue to develop as a human with explorations in therapeutic methods, group therapy, mindfulness training, as well as all kinds of sports activities. I have experienced stigma and stigma is when someone sees you in a negative way because of your mental illness, basically feeling judged. Stigma kept me from seeking help for most of my life and I believed commentary like, she just doesn't finish anything. She doesn't have discipline, she's flighty. Stigma for me developed over time growing up in a white privileged suburban single parent household. I was the youngest of two, my brother's three years older. My achievement in grade school was excellent academically, athletically and socially. Junior high was different as the attentional workload increased and I began to get the feeling that I was different. I think this difference manifested itself in many ways. Both my mom and dad had been married and divorced twice by that time, and it was becoming evident to me that my dad had a pretty serious substance abuse problem. There was no emotional support or connection in our fragmented family. This is the first time of life that I remember not being able to concentrate and finish things. I really felt different. In high school, I excelled in swimming, and that seemed to take some of the pressure off the academic expectations from my parents. I managed to graduate high school with a B average. My schoolwork and test prep was always last minute and my time management skills were non-existent. When I reflect on those years, I realized there was a complete lack of emotional support from either parent and I often wonder today if I had the right treatment and medications, how I would have really enjoyed the academic part of high school. Now, as a person with a Bachelor of Science in Psychology and Master's in Counseling, I'm aware of the reasons for my hypervigilance, attentional issues, and anxiety that stem from my childhood. From a psychological viewpoint, along with pivoting my narrative to what really happened, not the rose-colored glasses view of my childhood, my ADHD makes sense. 
My brain developed on uncertainty, abandonment, emotional neglect, and one parent with a serious substance use disorder. Both parents married and divorced three times. The one dad that was consistently present in my life was an alcoholic. This made me anxious and hypervigilant, which is not conducive to learning or academic focus. In counseling, we sometimes score the number of what's called adverse childhood events in a person's life. Adverse childhood experiences or events are potentially traumatic events that occur in childhood between the ages of zero and 17. My ACE score was in the range of concern and children with ACE scores of four or more had nearly four times the odds of having ADHD compared with children with no adverse childhood events. I never finished college. I, I changed major three times and had great anxiety about asking for help. Same as high school, last minute and thrown together work. I was two classes short of my business degree when I dropped out and got married. And from that point on, I had my four daughters and became a community volunteer. First, I was the Girl Scout leader, the school board member, and coach of all the different sports my daughters did. And after that, I stepped more into the community, working at Drake Adult Literacy Center and mentoring teens at Holy Family School. I spent some time helping set up apartments for refugee resettlement and working as a caseworker with people with disabilities through Lutheran Services. I decided I needed to finish college and I went back in my early 40s, but I literally could not sit and read a book. I really took note this time and I went to see my doctor and he prescribed a low-dose Adderall for me and wow, what a difference. After taking this medication, my thoughts centered around the question of, is this what it's like to be normal? I could study and hold knowledge, synthesizing various theories and ideas. I was so happy and felt better at just being human. Once I started back at college, I finished my business degree, and then I went on to get my bachelor's of science in psychology, and then went on to graduate school in clinical mental health counseling. So before Adderall, for I don't know, 42, 44 years, I felt different, lazy, unorganized, stupid, bad at conversations, cannot relate to others, can't finish anything, anxious, shame. After Adderall, I felt calm, normal, able to function and use my brain, sad that I had lost so much time not feeling this way. I felt closer to people, more vulnerable, less need to guard, a better parent, a better partner, I felt like I was living more fully and heading in a chosen and valued direction. The narrative I heard growing up was that we don't need meds. Meds are for weak people. We are disciplined. And I know how awful this sounds. But as a child and adolescent, these were the messages I received from those around me. I even passed these messages down to my own children and I'm sure they have been affected by stigma too. I have worked hard to be more authentic with my children and friends telling them how I understand my life experience today based upon my honest retelling of my childhood years, not the polished version. I don't mean to be critical of my parents. They were both extremely smart, hardworking, and loving at times, and they grew up in difficult situations, and I think that stigma held them both hostage until the day they died. My mom probably had undiagnosed OCD and anxiety. My dad had a serious alcohol use disorder, but I believe that he was self-medicating his anxiety. I love them both very much. Stigma and the messages I received and believed could have been deadly to me. I felt so different at times and so much like a failure that I considered suicide. Now I feel responsible for breaking the cycle of emotional disconnection that often results in anxiety, ADHD, depression, and substance use disorders. 
And my supports during this journey were my coworkers at Lutheran Services, fellow graduate students, and really any environment where I felt fully accepted and seen. My motivation was to understand and then break the cycle of emotional shutdown that has existed in my family for generations. My journey into learning about mindfulness and meditation has taught me to have a radical self-compassion and authenticity that creates a feeling of freedom, of just being human. Eventually, my children have come to understand me better as I share my real, air quotes, story with them. I was putting on a, air quotes, I'm fine story, and they believed it, and I think they suffered from my lack of modeling vulnerability. I think they've learned that my truth is my own experience, and it, it comes from my inner world, and it's not to be disputed, just heard and validated. Thank you, Anne. You can read more stories just like hers on the stories page of the Make It Okay website. Find it at makeitokay.org backslash Iowa. Attention hyperactive deficit disorder is common. Here to tell us more about this condition is Dr. Dimitri Beresha with Mercy One. My name is Dimitri Beresha and I am a second year resident psychiatrist at Mercy One in Des Moines. The more we can understand mental illness and common conditions, the more we can talk about it, reducing both the stigma as well as making it okay. I'm here to share some common signs and symptoms and treatments for a condition you just heard about, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, or also known as ADHD. Now classically, this is a diagnosis in the peds population. However, it can still keep its prevalence into the adult population uh, the standard occurrence in the peds population is about 5%, and in adults we're looking at about 2.5% throughout the entire generation. ADHD comes in two varieties, an inattentive type as well as a hyperactive type. An individual may also exhibit a combination of these two symptoms, in which case they'd be a combination type. Coming into adulthood, people typically grow out of the hyperactive presentation, and the inattentive one takes front and center stage. The characteristics of an inattentive ADHD diagnosis would be an individual who has difficulty with paying attention and maintaining focus. This can be in the form of difficulty with structured or organized events, such as work or school, difficulty with keeping up with conversations, difficulty paying attention throughout the extent of conversation, easy distractibility. When looking at the hyperactive subtype, this is an individual who has a ton of energy, they appear as if they are being driven by a motor or some kind of internal force, where they just want to go, 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 and go, uh, comes across as being jittery, again, easily distractible, has a hard time staying still and focusing on tasks, likes to leap from one thing to the other. This can be quite a hindrance in a social setting or a school setting or even a work setting. And uh, sometimes these individuals have difficulty just sitting still and getting through meetings or classes or conversations and they feel like they need to get up and get moving. Uh, with both the inattentive and the hyperactive subtype, uh, ADHD in general really, it's not really a problem unless it's causing uh, social disturbance or uh, interpersonal interference or professional interference. Uh, because a lot of us struggle with uh, feelings of restlessness and feelings of inattention, but until they become fairly detrimental to our ability to function, they don't really require any kind of treatment or sort of formal evaluation. If it does get to the point where they need to be addressed, your best bet is to start with your primary care provider, would that be a family medicine doctor, internal medicine doctor, uh, or maybe even a mental health specialist or professional. 
uh, they can do a formal evaluation. Uh, ADHD is very much a clinical diagnosis. That means that you sit down and you talk with someone and they look through the presenting criteria, as well as the symptomatology, uh, their history of presentation, looking through multiple sources. So this would be the parents, the school, uh, the friend group, the employment circle to, to get a full good idea of the, the person as a whole, uh, as well as um, just the level of function in all of these different aspects. And all of this is put together and taken into account when we come to the diagnosis of ADHD. The treatment of choice for ADHD is stimulants or stimulant-based medications. Again, uh, because of the potential for abuse, these are much better managed by your primary care provider or a mental health professional. Medications are fairly individualized and it's important to find a medication that works for you uh, or your child. There's also some evidence to suggest that mild cases of ADHD can be managed exclusively with therapy as well as adjustments to diet. Uh, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder is a very treatable condition. With the appropriate treatment, people can live very full and productive lives. If you or someone you know is experiencing symptoms uh, that you believe are consistent with attention hyperactivity disorder, please speak with your primary care provider or a mental health professional and they will help guide you in the appropriate direction to go. Thank you, Dr. Baratia, for helping us better understand this condition. And a special thanks to Mercy One for providing the segments from your mental health care experts. While mental illnesses are common and treatable, many people are still afraid to talk about mental illness due to shame, misunderstanding, negative attitudes, and fear of discrimination. The goal of Make It Okay is to end the stigma. To learn more about Make It Okay, visit makeitokay.org backslash Iowa for resources, including tips for talking about mental illness and links to become a Make It Okay ambassador or get your workplace involved. We've also got links to mental health support and crisis lines if you or someone you know is struggling with mental illness. Want to help us stop the stigma? Take the online pledge to Make It Okay. You can find it at makeitokay.org backslash Iowa. Thank you for listening to this episode of Make It Okay Stories, the podcast. Please share this podcast with your family, friends, and colleagues. Together, we can make it okay. This podcast is supported by Business Holder.